Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome everybody to Badgedamia. This week we have a very special guest. We have you and I alumni in geography, Charcy Peterson. Charcy, tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been my life goal to be on this podcast. I'm glad that could come true. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to yeah. make people's dreams come true. That's Probably. so far. You're doing a great job. Just keep it, keep up the good work. Um, yeah, I went to you and I studied geography and graduated in 2018 and have been working as a software engineer since. So that doesn't really make sense, but it's fine. And loved you and I still love it. And now I do jujitsu, which Bill actually introduced me to it. So that's very fun. Although what happened the first time you tried jujitsu? I got hurt. I got hit in the face. My tooth got cracked. It formed an abscess. I had to get it drilled out. It was the, I'm not going to lie. This is like the most pain I've been in in my life. It was terrible. Yeah. So I was like, you should try, you should try. And she came in and she was like, oh, it was okay. And then the next day she sent me this picture and her lip was like, and she's like, Huge. is this normal for jujitsu? And I was like, I don't think so. There's a follow-up to that. So that happened almost over three years ago, right? So just like a few months ago, my other front tooth started hurting. And I had remembered that like when I got the first one fixed, they're like, oh yeah, probably, you know, within time, the other nerve will die too, just because like it's going to impact teeth around it. Everything so I does. literally, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to get another root canal in the other tooth because the nerve was damaged. No. This was a few months ago. It was terrible. I don't, I thought I had texted oh. you to be like, I blame you, but I guess I forgot. Yeah. Well, thanks for on air letting me know that I'm, <laughs> I'm in for a bunch of your dental work. So. Yeah. I'll send you the bill. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That's why I don't have kids. Dental bills alone, Danielle, I feel like you can probably like help us out on this. Dental work alone for your kids will set you back. Yeah. At least $100. Um, definitely. Um, my son just had an abscess on his tooth a couple weeks ago, and they thought they were going to have to pull like seven. And we freaked out. Um, and it, it turned out they only had to pull one, and it really wasn't that bad. I think he thinks this is just how you lose teeth now, though, because we're like, we're like, oh, we're going to go to the dentist. And if your tooth wiggles, he'll just take it out for you. And so and then you can take it to the tooth fairy. And so, like, I think that he thinks this is just how you lose teeth. They wiggle and then you have to go to the dentist and get it pulled. Um, but he was he was really cool about it. But, yeah, the bill was no joke. Yeah. So. All right. So question of the week, here we go. Worst family vacation you have been on? Who wants to go first? first? Anyone can go first, Charcy. You just speak right up. Okay, well, this is so easy for me to decide because it wasn't even the vacation itself. It wasn't even a vacation at this point. (laughs) Like it started off so bad that it wasn't even a vacation. But me and my family were going down to Alabama. That's where my mom's side of the family was at that point. And it was one of those things that it's like, let's drive through the night and just, you know, someone's going to have to do it. And so obviously that wasn't me. I'm the youngest. I have two older brothers. And so my oldest brother starts and I guess he's like doing good. You know, we're, we're headed 
East or something. Geography and then he, <laughs> I'm very good with my cardinal directions. Um, and then it's like pretty late and my dad's like, oh, I can do it. And like the thing about my dad is he cannot stay awake for more than like an hour and a half, I swear. Like if he sits down, he's sleeping. Like he's just that kind of guy. He's that kind of dad that's just sleeping. And so I'm like, this seems like a terrible idea, but I don't care. So we all fall asleep and then we all wake up. I don't know how this happens, but we all wake up at the same time and we're in a parking lot of a gas station. And like me and my family, like we're all just like looking at each other, like, huh, where is this? And I'm like, dad, where are we? He's like, oh, sorry guys. I missed the term. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> I'm like, dude what what do you mean you missed the turn and you just kept driving what is going on so we're like literally going way out of our way to then go back down south and I'm like no one talked to me I'm having a lot of emotional stress so did you drive down to Alabama or did you just go home no we kept driving yeah wow it was terrible I'm just like like is this a thing with men like they just can't ask for help they're just like, you know what? I'm it just is a thing, keep, but I don't, I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if I'm enough of a man to drive all the way to Cincinnati before I ask for help. Yeah. I mean, he, he did us dirt. It's like, you didn't wake anyone up. You just thought, oh, I'll pull into this gas station. They'll wake up naturally. And then be like, we're in Cincinnati. And so, just deal with it. Just deal with it, guys. I mean, extra eight hours on this. That's a very dad trip. thing. Like, like you mess up and you just like expect everybody else to be like, well, it happened. But if you did it, your dad would exactly. just be like relentless about it. Like who drives? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's my terrible story. That's good. D3. I, I have a similar one. So I don't know how old I would have been. Um, I had some relatives in North Carolina growing up, actually, I still do, <laughs> still are in North Carolina, but growing up, we would go, we drive to North Carolina to see them, and, you know, that's a pretty good jaunt from Iowa, and uh, so one year, we picked up my grandma, she was going to ride with us, we were, like, in our big old van, and we drive for quite some time, and my grandma's like, I forgot my wallet, and so we have to like go back, get my grandma's wallet. Everybody's kind of grouchy because like you're just ready to roll. Um, so we start driving again. Well, my parents hadn't booked hotels along the way thinking, you know, we'll just find something. Um, that's what we do all the time. Uh, but there happened to be some sort of weird convention that meant that like for three states, there were like no hotel rooms. And so we weren't planning to drive through the night, but we ended up driving through the night. And then like really early in the morning after, you know, driving through the night, um, we get a giant rock in our tire. So we have to stop and well, poor my poor dad. He was like really bearing the burden of this. Like I'm just as a kid, like I'm in the back seat right. eating fruit snacks, you know, like right. whatever. Um, so when we finally arrive, I think um my sister, my littlest sister was getting sized for a flower girl dress or something and fell off a 
pool and cracked her head open and they had to coke in her stitches. And so this was how our vacation began. So um, I think the rest of it was really great. I don't remember much. I remember like playing Clue and like going to the beach. But um, yeah, and this last weekend we went to Adventureland and within like two hours of being at Adventureland and a kid puked in the pool. So um, (laughs) we all had to abandon the pool while it got cleaned. And um, so that was fun. At least it wasn't my kid that puked in the pool. That's true. Yeah. Um, There's that. But, you know, so sometimes vacations start out rocky, but how about you, Phil? I've been pretty blessed. I don't, I can't think of a lot of really bad vacations I've been on though when I was a kid. So I would have been in maybe like seventh grade Batman forever came out and I was like obsessed with the movie. And then there was the Batman forever ride at six flags, St. Louis. So I talked my parents into that was our family vacation and we got down there and it was like a three hour wait to ride it. And I like forced Mm -hmm. us to stand in line for three hours and I bet it was like 95 degrees. So we go on the ride and I was so heat sick, but all my family was fine. And so they just kept riding the rides and would just like tow me to the bench. And I'm sure my mom, because she's the nicest person in the world, sat with me because that's how my mom does. She just goes without, you know, everyone else rode the rides and I just sat like sick as a dog, like didn't ride anything else like you know, I may have thrown up. And uh, so that's, that's my memory of Six Flags St. Louis. So, uh, okay, moving on. All almost all the stories involved vomiting. So that's, yeah, there we go. Oh, well, my brother did vomit on the way home. Because apparently right there, three for three. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just feel like people are just like really predisposed to vomit in the middle of the night if they're in a moving vehicle and the person in the front seat is eating Cheetos. So and I don't think like things were in his favor. Falling asleep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one word to describe this week's episode. What do we got? I felt predictable. Predictable. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say classic, but predictable is probably the better word. Yeah. Oh, I think classic was actually what I was going for. So you got it. Let's just swap. Yeah. I'm going to say early. I felt like we got down to this drama early. Like typically yeah. this is like fourth episode stuff and we're already into it. So, yeah. All right. So let's, let's let the people know what we're talking about. Um, so Carl, uh, the episode starts out and they're talking about dates and Carl, the motivational speaker who I want to point out, in the very first episode this season, I predicted Carl was going to be a nuisance and he is being loud and obnoxious and people are already turning on him. Any thoughts on Carl? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, he's the worst. Yeah. He's really, he, he's really what? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, so first date, uh, we're really leaning in to Katie being sex positive. Um, right. And, uh, the guys have to explain how they will be the greatest lover of all time. So they start out by taking a quiz. Any of the questions stick out to you? I want to start. I am not certain (laughs) that the question about what increases the chances of an orgasm socks is real. Yeah. I don't think that's real. I was questioning that as well. I did some diving on the internet. 
first off, don't if you're on a work computer because <laughs> you're going to get some stuff and it's not going to be great right. to your computer. But right. I could not find any reputable site that said that was a fact. So from the beginning, yeah. I'm questioning anything that's happened for the rest of the season. Maybe socks are a metaphor for feeling comfortable. <laughs> I don't know. I did. Some of the answers were great where it's like, what is, uh, somebody was like, what, what increases a woman's chances of an orgasm? And it was like communication and intelligence or something. And like, it was like, what's, what, uh, is her largest sex organ? And somebody was like, I can't remember what it was. It's like her skin her tongue <laughs> tongue I uh, thought that that was like a funny one I was like tongue isn't like that's not even an organ is it <laughs> like <laughs> at least skin is an organ I think yeah I think I think skin's a good guess because there's it's it's your whole surface area right yeah I I think that's probably actually the the real answer they were tough questions though I right. think that sometimes on these show you know like on the show Mm-hmm. They'll ask questions that are really easy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, then, then then the guys get them wrong and they were like easy questions. These I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, so the dorms that I went to college in every year would have something called sex bowl. And it was like a quiz bowl and you could get together teams of four <laughs> and whoever, you know, and then you'd go through and there was a winning team and my four, the four guys I was friends with all the way through college, me and the three other, uh, we won. And so our freshman year, oh, we walked out and there were like teams of women, teams of men. And we were like, it's up ladies. Here's the day. That's amazing. No one called us. Um, so then they have to do a multimedia presentation on how they will be great. Her great lover. Anyone stick out favorites, least favorites. I mean, I, of course, have a least favorite. Yeah, let's hear it, CP. Well, what's his name, Mike? The Virgin? Yeah, I think Mike's the Virgin. Yes. Okay, the only... This is why I think this episode is classic, because it had, you know, like, every Bachelor season has, like, the Virgin, who's here for the wrong reasons, who's sending themselves home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like we got two of those within the first... The first like you know episode with dates and everything yeah that's why I was like oh it's a little too on the nose for me but the reason I didn't like Mike's is because well you said this last episode that like you it's it, it might not be a good fit him and Katie which I, I tend to agree with but I didn't like his little speech about I just it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way he was basically saying like I'm saving myself for you and I'm like you don't know her like Mm -hmm. you're putting this all on her and in my opinion that's not her responsibility that's not anything really related to her and now you're like I'm saving myself for you so like it can be special and I'm just like I think we missed the mark on that one yeah I have things to say about that too um I sort of also this idea I think in general, this idea of expecting people to be flattered that you're saving yourself for them is weird. (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I, it's weird Um, because it's, it's your choice and it's about what's important to you and, 
and his priorities. And that's cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like if that's what is important to him, that's all, that's fine. But the idea that that's like somehow like the idea that virginity is like a gift that one gives to someone kind of just weirds me out anyway. Um, and, but like, I think culturally I'm probably weird that I'm weirded out by that. I think, you know, culturally, I think there's ways in which, um, especially through Christian culture, I think have been kind of taught to view virginity as a gift that one gives to someone else. Um, but I think it's weird. <laughs> That's, I thought all of them were a little lackluster. Like I, I did like, um, Connor, the cat. Connor? Connor. I like that one a lot. Yeah. I feel like that's the way you play it. Right. Like he's funny. There's some innuendo. You figured out she enjoys a good innuendo as do I, I thought it was, was spot on. I feel like Connor really wants some attention and he's getting it, but kudos to Connor. Yeah. But they weren't very clever other than Connor. No. You know, like they'd be, you know, afterwards she was like, oh, it was so witty. And I was like, not the part they showed us. Like, so, so I was also like, why, you know, if this was witty, why did they show us just like two puppets humping? Right. Like, was there a more witty part than that? Was that the clever part? Cause I feel like I missed it. I thought the guy who talked about how he had like all the chores and everything done. And then he did the rip away pants. I thought mm. that was kind of clever. Maybe a bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, expecting the bare minimum is like, <laughs> it's like oh, you did the bare minimum. Yeah. Great, thank you. I I, I, I adhere to egalitarian uh, division <laughs> of labor. Right. Um. So anything else? Should Mike have been the winner? If and again, I I feel like they're broadly defining best lover, but. If they are talking yeah. physically best lover, I can guarantee Mike will not be the best lover at the first shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. I don't think that virginity as a gift warrants you being <laughs> the best at sex the first time. And Katie's probably got an uphill battle of telling him what she enjoys and appreciates, which is one of the big predictors of sex enjoyment is, you know, if you communicate that to your partner. It depends on what we are judging things on. I think that it did take some courage for him to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like, you know, cause it's so early on and for him to, I mean, he kind of was like forced into disclosing some things about himself um, that made me feel a little uncomfortable for him, you know? And so, I mean, I think if like, vulnerability is like what we're judging this on then yeah whatever but in terms of I just I also thought that it was weird that he was the one that won Mm -hmm. but whatever in this very arbitrary uh competition with no (laughs) real set rules yeah I mean it's to me it's also one of those things it's like could he disclose that and then not win right like would they make this big drama out of it? And that's true. You know, like I feel like he almost has to win. Yeah. And then I'm always in the back of my head of like, 
the viewership, right? Like for some reason, a lot of evangelicals really are into the bachelor and bachelorette. So it's like, okay, Katie's more sex positive and out there, which is not necessarily an evangelical thing, but let's throw this guy, let's throw this kind of into it and kind of like please that part of it. I could see that a little bit as well. So then they move on to the cocktail portion. Uh, and I have some different people in here who make appearances. Connor, the cat dude. Um, <laughs> he is an awkward kisser, man. Like, it's like, what, what makes this kissing awkward? Oh, the hand. You're right. I remember and, that. And kind of like, yes. like no head tilt, but like a pull in. And yeah, I just, I didn't know. He may not have his paws on, but he still paws her. He does. Ooh. He kind of kisses like a cat, huh? Like he's like, you know, like how they're like. <laughs> and then he bites her. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Um, Carl, who gave the very, very long speech and basically got booed off stage. What was with him in the, the handcuffs? And he compared it to like the Hunger Games. Dan- Danielle, you look, can- did you see this? I think I missed the handcuff part of it, though. I remember the Hunger Games reference, which, whatever, there's so many more annoying things about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just that, I think that people are, the reason that that was important is because he does sort of seem to see it as a game. He's like hyping himself up. He's like, yeah. Okay, I didn't get this time, but I'm gonna go into the next round. <laughs> and like, you know, and you're like, dude, like, I don't. He needs to, he needs to take some deep breaths. Maybe try to meditate, like, <laughs> down. Yeah. So what happened was he was talking to her, and then he said it, and I gave you a promise, and he like pulled out the handcuffs, and was like spinning them, and then that guy was it Thomas, came in and interrupted her. And he was like, well, I guess this is my chance to leave. And he had him on one wrist. And that's when he said, there's plenty of time. Oh, yeah, I recall that now. I got really tripped up by suffocate. <laughs> like, I spent a few minutes like, like, I honestly still don't understand. It's, I'm just like that really missed. Yeah. So he was like. I don't know. Yeah. I, I enjoyed like he was being, Yeah. He was being heckled. And then he said, suffocate. And they're like, you said suffocate. And he's like, did I say suffocate? And yeah. So he's bad. not setting himself up to be a public speaker, like a motivational public speaker. Like he's doing everything wrong to motivate people. All that I could think of is that maybe he excels in planned speaking And this impromptu stuff just ain't his cup of tea. But you'd think that he would be versed in feedback from his audience and knowing when to stop. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Charcy. Maybe since, you know, 2020, he might not have had a lot of live shows. So he could be a little rusty. He's been talking to the stuffed animals in his room. Exactly. (laughs) As many of our listeners know, Danielle is a budding um inspirational speaker she's looking if there's any agents out there she's looking for an agent to start booking her oh yeah absolutely bring it on (laughs) i will talk you can pay me (laughs) (laughs) so then thomas gets the rose and they make out a lot um and then we feel about him 
Thomas. Uh, I get him, and I think maybe. Let me make sure that I kind of get Thomas and Aaron confused, to be honest. I know they're not the same person, but I don't know. I like Thomas. Okay. Um, I don't dislike him. I find him kind of intense, but everything. I find him intense too. I'm just getting some kind of vibe from him. That's like, like a bad vibe. It's a little bit of a bad vibe, yeah. So here's my thing with Thomas and Aaron. They're both from California. They're both intense. One's a real estate agent. One's an insurance agent, which in my mind is really the same thing. Like they're both trying to sell me something that I don't know if I need, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're both selling me something that I would turn to a lane and be like, this is your, (laughs) can you figure this out for me? I got to (laughs) go. Uh, so then she goes on the one-on-one with Greg, they go fishing. Not really as somebody who does, uh, some fishing. I don't think they actually did any fishing as he, like they went, they cast out into a river with a bobber with a minnow on it. I don't think they were catching anything. Uh, they tried to set up a tent that didn't go well. And then they discuss her dad. Um, and then he said his dad passed away as well. Danielle texts me and said, dude, this date's intense thoughts. What do we think about, uh, Greg? I personally really love Greg. Okay. But I wish he didn't get the first date because typically when you have the first date, now it's harder to get, you know, extended one-on-one time basically until hometowns. And I feel like the person that gets the first date, like it's a, it's a good attraction right away. And then you really got to work on keeping it like strong, but I feel like they had a really good connection. And I like that Greg didn't bring up his dad until later. Like, I feel like he really let the space be just for Katie when they were on their date and then kind of connected with her later. I thought that was a great move. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out Greg, but that was one thing that I really appreciated was that he had the emotional intelligence to like, let her have the space and the memories about her dad without him going, Oh, me too. Mm -hmm. Um, and to sort of let her have that and then to bring it up later when they were out of the space, that was the space that was her and her father's, I thought was a good indication of thoughtfulness on his part. So I thought I would do a little bit of extra credit over that because I got several, so I got several texts about this, um, from people who watch, uh, and which is odd, wild. We're starting to get texts from people to ask me questions. And some of them are like, oh, wow, I know this. And some of them are like, do you think, or how long do they stay in quarantine? I'm like, I don't, I'm not on the show guys. I don't, um, (laughs) which I think is basically someone like, can you Google this for me? And then tell me like, sure. Uh, So uh, when we talk about attraction and experience and commonalities, what we find is that um, if you have shared experiences that are like one-time big experiences, they don't tend to predict real good relationships. They don't not predict good relationships. They, They tend to create, what I would call like right now bonding, but then they become less of a, a something that holds you together later on. So 
if we both were attacked by sharks and we were on our first date and I said, I got attacked by a shark and Charcy said, I got attacked by a shark too. We would bond over that. Right. But in on date six, it's not likely that our um, one-time shark attacks would like bond us together and keep us going. However, um, they talked about their dads, both their dads died. That's probably not going to be something that holds them together, but they also seem to have a lot of affinity for their dads. Their dads seemed like they were strong role models. Their dads seemed like they took them to do things. And that is something that is a commonality that can bond people for a long time. So we've talked about before that you are likely to fall in love, have a happy relationship with somebody who you are similar to. And so that's kind of where those two, uh, kind of diverge as far as things that a commonality or a shared experience. So, and that education as a shared experience, though, is a pretty good predictor, but that's a long-term shared experience. So yeah. Anything else to, to share about Greg? I just felt like I was back in college there. Yeah. Right. That's too much. Too much. Right. Expanding your mind. Yeah. (laughs) Skip the That's class. That's what this podcast does. Yes. Fans minds and encourages people to skip classes. Danielle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Danielle, did we both kind of agree that we thought Greg was kind of kind of awkward last time? Is he the yeah. one that we, yeah. I feel like he's there's something um in some ways it's also endearing um about him that just feels like he's not very put together in certain ways and I yeah. find it really endearing, but I also feel like I don't, other than like what he disclosed about his father, I don't feel like I know that much about him mm-hmm. and his personality yet because he just seems a little um, uneasy in some ways as comfortable as she feels around him he almost seems uncomfortable he's like a jumpy like lizard or something like god he's like "Ah." he has like this very like you know like if i if he was in a teen movie yes romance he'd be like the boy next door you know exactly yeah and then he'd come back from camp and be like all chiseled and she'd realize she (laughs) loved him all along and he kind of reminds me of johnny depp in sleepy hollow Remember where he like continually faints and stuff? Like, I feel like that character was based off of Greg. Oh, boy. I feel, I, I, he comes across as like, not immature, but like young. Yeah. I think. He's 27. How how old is Katie? 32. 29. 29. We both say different things. I don't know. Get it together, guys. This is where I text Bill and he's like, Danielle, you could have just Googled it. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. I think I think you're confusing her with uh, Tasha. I could be. Uh, yeah. that, that sounds quite possible. I do have a theory on this and Bill, okay. you can probably shut it down. Either 30. you could shut this down. Yeah, 30. Go yeah. ahead. So I think it's, I think a woman dating a younger man, it's, it can sometimes be easier to connect right away because like in an odd way, you kind of feel like you have the upper hand, but a woman dating an older man, I feel like there's a little bit more seriousness in that, like right off the bat. Are you saying this? Like I'm, well, one, I'm not a woman, so, but research wise, societally, it's more acceptable for a woman to date an older man than vice versa. Um, but 
my wife is older than me and that works great. So I'm not shooting it down. No, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm saying uh-huh. like the initial, I feel like it's really, maybe just like people my age, I'll go with that. Okay. Like it's easier to kind of like just really drive the beginning of the relationship when you're with the younger guy. And so I feel like she can drive this connection and he really doesn't have anything to say. He's on the bachelorette. So he's just going to go with it. Danielle, you got anything to add? My husband's also six months younger than me. And I feel like it's definitely a power trip for me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Danielle's like, listen up, little guy. I'm like, I'm going to drop my six months of wisdom on you. (laughs) Absolutely. Because if there's anything I know, your spouse loves it when you lord knowledge over them. When they say something, you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. That really leads to like getting along and feeling good about. Especially my husband. He, he really likes being told what to do. It's Mm -hmm. like a really, no, he's like kind of a rebel. If you tell him what to do, he'll do the exact opposite. So um, all of my desires to do that have been squashed. (laughs) That's a good question, Charcy. You should uh, get a research project going. I'll be co-PI on it. You just let me know. All right, let's do it. 30% of my job. Um, Academia, getting yeah. academic papers published. Yeah, we're not, just, we're not just good looks and, uh, you know, smooth <laughs> talking here. We're going to be sponsored by, like, the Sociology Some Something Association. You have no idea what major I teach in, do you, Charcy? <laughs> no, not anymore. I've kind of lost track. <laughs> I feel like you might be like the assistant dean or something. I, I am assi- I'm actually you assistant. Still even teach? I'm assistant to the dean, um, or as my wife calls it, the dean's bitch. Uh, so that sounds right. Um, okay, so we move on to Katie's belt buckle brawl, which I love a good alliteration, and that was about the only good thing about this segment. Um, Katie looked cute. Yes, the denim was working. A little like Katie- I got. Yeah. Katie looked like some Midwestern 14 year old boys, like wet dream is what she looked like. That's what I like some 14 year old boy. Like when he thinks about what a girl should look like as an adult, it was like Katie and her pigtails and like a country music song playing, riding oh, up in her truck. Uh, so I mean, looked adorable. Yeah, I thought We're- so too. I just, uh, so Tasha and Caitlin wake him up for really no good reason. If anyone can tell me mm-hmm. why they woke him up in their underwear, I'd, I'd be happy to hear. Uh, Just then so they that we wrestle. can see them running around in their underwear, obviously. Right. We all enjoyed that. Exactly. Uh, then they make him get into cowboy clothes. Again, no idea why. Then they make him take some of them off and they mud wrestle. Um, any any thoughts before we get on to what the whole segment was about, which is basically just to make Aaron and Cody fight each other? I hate these fighting dates. I'm just so tired of them. Yeah, I could go without. I would dominate them. Um, <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, I would too. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a two-stripe white belt, right? Yeah, and compared to other women, that means a lot. Yeah, Charcy would beat any of the women listening in a fight. I don't think I could be serious about this. I think I just giggle the whole time. 
I would like, oh. I would giggle while dominating it, which would make people even more mad, which I do in jujitsu. Sometimes I giggle as I choke people and it just makes it. I would, I'd just be like, oh, I put some mud in your butt. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Why are you sticking mud in their butt, Danielle? <laughs> it would be my tactic. I can't fight, so I just like. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Thank you, Jarcy. Owning cars for Jarcy. <laughs> uh, we did find out though why Aaron and Cody don't like each other. So this added context because I was a little concerned we were going to die and not know why Aaron was like, I don't like you, bro. Uh, apparently they're both from San Diego and he thinks she, Co- Aaron thinks Cody's mean. Um, and then Aaron beats the crap out of him and wins the belt buckle uh, and then gets free time with Katie and he uses it to talk ish about cody thoughts what are your thoughts on like talking bad about somebody as as women here at the table would it be attractive if you had like two guys and one of them came up and was like here i gotta tell you about this other guy because i don't think i'd like it if i had two girls and one was like i'm gonna talk about her i'd be like let's just focus on us i think it would depend on what the concern was Mm. Right. So I think that what frustrates me with Aaron mm-hmm. is, is that he doesn't make eye contact. Did you know before you go, he taught, he like doesn't look at people when he talks to him a lot. I, I felt like, cause I've always, you know, since he started making these accusations on Cody, I felt a little uncomfortable about Aaron actually. Um, and part of it is that he didn't offer any specifics. At least not that we got to hear um, as audience members. So he was like, oh, he, I just don't like his behaviors. And I'm like, what behaviors? I would want to know the specifics of the behaviors that caused you concern. And if those led you to believe, those specific behaviors led you to believe that he wasn't there for the right reasons, I would want to maybe know that. Like, but if you're just like, oh, he was mean, or like, I just don't like it. like. To me, I don't trust that vagueness. And okay, cool. So you were both from San Diego and you're like seeing this guy around. Like this ain't like Dayton, Iowa, right? Like it's like, I'm like, okay. So you're like both from the same huge city and you don't like, like, so what is it that you don't like? So I felt like I didn't really understand why he didn't like them. Um, And I would take talking crap if it was legitimate okay so he did say that he so not disagreeing with you but his 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 complaints were that he is um mean unkind and wants to get famous but yeah he didn't give any specifics like i saw him kick a puppy or (laughs) you know he tells stories that are untrue about him yeah or tell me like what yeah tell me what he's doing that shows you that he wants to get famous because like you know maybe i want to get famous too and i have a batch of damia podcast (laughs) right like you know so like i don't know like so i want to know what it is like is it that he's like on instagram selling things like you know other than zippers other than zippers (laughs) give me every time yeah so she confronts him 
and Danielle is going to give us some extra credit Ooh. on how to tell if somebody lies. So um, what's really interesting is Katie seems to think that she can detect that Cody is lying. Um, so she says that his response was too polished, right? So I want to kind of talk a little bit about lying and nonverbal communication and can we detect lies and things like that. Okay, so first off, yes and no is kind of the answer. Um, it gets complex. So she's not wrong that sometimes if people's communication feels really practiced, that could be an indication that they're lying, right? So actually a lot of times, so we know some basic, we, if I would ask you, what do you think people do if they're lying? We'd say they don't make eye contact, maybe are fidgety, um, looking down, um, maybe bumbling even. So we might see that as being a sign of lying, right? So if you would ask me to tell you how my trip was and I paused, you might think that I was making something up, right? But if we're like too polished, you might also see that as a lack of genuine or true um, communication. So for example, we could take, you know, um, our last president, many people felt that part of what made him an authentic communicator is that um, he wasn't polished. Whereas like, so a too polished politician, for example, we don't trust as being authentic. Um, but the truth is because we know things like, oh, people look away when they lie, we often try to overcompensate. So a lot of people oh, are like, I'm gonna lie, so I'm gonna make eye contact because I know that people might see that as me lying. So actually sometimes really good eye contact could be a sign that people are lying. So because we know the rules about lying, we might practice and then cover them up. And research actually shows even people that are trained in detecting lies um, are about 50% um, likely to detect them. So people even with professional training kind of suck at it. So, I feel like- Yeah. I feel like this is this this is like an every season drama thing where like the bachelor bachelorette like they feel like they just intuitively know and they don't. Well, there, there might be other things that she was like picking up on. Um, sure. I didn't really like Cody to begin with. Um, I I think I said in last week's episode like that he has a suspicious face. <laughs> like um, there's something that kind of rubbed me wrong but then I was surprised because I thought that he was going to have this like almost like really serious mm -hmm. like almost like I don't know I, um I thought he was gonna have this really serious demeanor and then he was really playful and I was like maybe I misread him mm -hmm. and then this went down and I was like maybe I didn't um but I also don't think that she was probably able to tell if he was lying. I'd be interested to see if it's revealed to us through, you know, the internet. Um, reality, what, Steve. Yeah, like what was going on with Cody? Was he a bad seed? Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about lying. Like the truth is we kind of suck at detecting lies, um, but that's because as we're pretty complex as communicators we like know what nonverbal signals there are with lying. And so we often try to overcompensate. And so 
the signals that we expect aren't always helpful. I purposely give sporadic eye contact all the time. So people never know <laughs> of me. Like I just look all over forehead, face, chin, sky, clouds, ground. That's manipulation. Mind. Yep. Boom. I was not impressed by Cody's response. His <laughs> no. first response was, that is not factual. And then his second response was just like, okay. And then leaves. And I'm like, are you going to be like, it's not true. And this is why. Or like, he, I just feel like he didn't have it in him to just like really. It would be like great if he was on the stand in a murder trial, like the way he went <laughs> yes. through it. But like when someone's asking you if you're like there for the right reasons and the option is you get sent home to be like, it's not factual. Well, I wish I would know the exact specific stuff. It was like talking to a lawyer and he's a zipper salesman. I thought it was interesting that she described him as too polished. And that's yeah. why she thought that he was lying, because I felt like actually as watching, I'm like, maybe it's good that she's sending him home because I don't think he seems that smart. And I think she's really? pretty sharp. And so I was like. I thought that he, yeah, I was really unimpressed by his response too. He lacked charisma. I would say yeah. he had the charisma of a zipper salesman. Zipper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the zipper itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you sell something long enough, you become like your product. Exactly. But imagine life without zippers, folks. I don't want to. I simply Button want up it. fly. I'm, I'm not going there. Um <laughs> Katie goes to think, uh, she leaves to think the guys come to console her. Anything stick out about the guys? Yeah. That yeah. All right. So cocktail, final cocktail party. She shows up in a green dress. Now, as much as you said, she looked good in her little, uh, like cowboy outfit. I thought the green dress was doing things. Green's her color. Charcy put the thumbs. Oh, down. wait, you liked it. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Katie always looks banging because she is banging. But I did not. I didn't like the outfit. So here is the critique we got in the Hennibal household. Um, Elaine does not like when people match their eyeshadow to their dress. I didn't even realize this is a thing and I'm colorblind. So maybe people <laughs> do it more than I think. Thoughts? I think people do it when they have like a statement dress. Oh, it's like, it's kind of, I could like it can be the move there. Okay. I, I don't think I'm too much of a, I'm not too much of a fan of, of like aggressive makeup okay. either, but um, it is what it is. You apparently like the garbage sack tightly wrapped around her body, spray painted green. <laughs> Whoa. Shade <laughs> from CP. Wow. This is where I put my stake in the ground. Okay. I, you know, I feel like I should have an opinion on the eyeshadow conversation, but I don't know that I do. I think that I just really like playful makeup. And so I don't know that I have strong opinions on whether your playful makeup matches your dress or not. But like, I appreciate people that have fun with color. If I had to predict your response to that question, it would be that, Danielle. Like, I just appreciate people that are. I really, so I went through a long phase of being really obsessed with makeup YouTube videos. <laughs> um, and so I 
one of my jobs back in the day was I did makeup at several different makeup counters. And my family is like adamant that they think I need to start YouTube videos, like reviewing makeup. But I'm like, there's enough of that already in the world. What the world needs is Batchadamia. Well, can you combine the two? (laughs) I am right now. But that's why I'm disappointed that I don't really have an opinion on matching. I think that I, I would say that I typically don't mind if it's in the same color range, but I don't want it to be a, the exact same color. The it's fact that a- the fact that anyone could match their dress color and their makeup color blows my mind because I don't have that ability to, like, I know I'd be way off on the, I forgot to tell you, Elaine has been doing masterclass on your suggestion specifically on makeup. So really? she like, yeah. So she's got like a routine at night. She watches one. She's ordered some color palettes. Like she was like, I, this is something I want to do. So that's been exciting. That's why she feels so um, strongly right now, yeah. probably about this. You so watch a couple the Bobby Brown one. Yeah. You watch a couple master classes and then you, yeah. become, you think you're Bobby Brown and you can just <laughs> critique the match threat. Um, oh. So Michael, uh, she pulls him aside. He just closes. He's a single dad. Any thoughts on Michael? I think he's going to send himself home. He seems a bit overexcited. Like he's weird. Yeah. He's like, but I looked online and there's a lot of people who love him. Like he gets a lot of Twitter love for being this like quirky single dad. And he's so funny and endearing. And I was like, I thought he came off like a creeper. (laughs) I don't think it comes off as a creeper to me. He's just, he's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think like he's like an enjoyable person. Okay. I don't know that there's like a really a PC way of saying this, but like, I'm kind of surprised that he's interested in Katie. Mm -hmm. Uh Who chooses? I'm kind of, well, I'm not surprised because you need the variation, but I'm kind of surprised he's a contestant. Cause he's not that good looking. I mean, I feel like there's not one category where he like hits it out of the park. Like if we're thinking like looks, personality, um, what else do we have? Probably nothing. Um, so it's just, I, I just, I don't think they're going to vibe together. He seems very excited. A unique personality for the show. Yes. I, you know, I do think that he has a different personality than we typically see on the show. Um, and I, I don't, I just get a weird vibe from him. He was tweaky. I I didn't. I thought it seemed creepy. Okay. So the last part of the episode, Carl Ugh. decides he's Carl, he's got Carl, the choice Carl. to choose violence or not. And he even runs it by a guy. And he's like, hey, I think some guys are here for the wrong reason. And the guy was like, nah, just, yeah. just do you. Just and he was like, you know what? Nope. I'm gonna pull Katie aside. So he does, and he gives her no specifics and just says, hey, some people aren't here for the right reason. And she asks him who, and he's like, I don't want to get into it, okay? Like, let's just settle down, but just know, and just trust me. So he asks her to promise her to trust him, which she kind of does. And then she comes back to the bro holding pin and lays into the bros and tells him to leave if they're not there for the right reasons. And then a lot of bros are confused and then she pulls Aaron aside and they talk. And I'm not really sure why Aaron was other than I immediately thought Aaron's getting friend zoned. 
in this situation. Really? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that was a, that was the beginning of a friend zone and Aaron was like, I'm special. And it was like, Oh buddy, this is how you get friend zoned. Um, and then Aaron comes back, Carl confesses, and then he tries to talk himself out of the situation, which he does a bad job on. What do you think? Like, what, what are your all thoughts on that? I think that Carl was like, oh, Aaron went and told her that Cody was no good and Cody went home right away. I could take another four or five guys out. I think yeah, I think he just like saw it as like an opportunity to get more guys potentially sent home. It was bad news bear. I don't know. I just was really unimpressed. Yeah, I I also was not impressed. It was almost to the point of just like it was so reminiscent of the Luke P situation where everyone was against him. And that like I I appreciate the guys that were like. They were literally like, who? Like, tell us who. And he's like, I don't want to tell. And they're like, you brought it up. Like, I think they did a good job of being like, no, dude, like no one's on your side here. But also Carl, they like showed a little clip of him like shadow boxing later on. And let me just tell you, if a guy is shadow boxing, you need to leave him. Like, it's not going to work out. I think that's wonderful advice. <laughs> Somebody should put it on a mug for like, like bachelorette parties. <laughs> if the guy's shadow boxing, leave him. I, yeah, it was just, mm-mm. he's going to go home. Yeah. What? What did you think? Oh yeah. I, I thought, I, I agree with Danielle. One, if he's a motivational speaker, he should be a little bit quicker on his feet. Because basically what happened is they were like, tell us. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you later. I didn't want to bring it up in public. And they're like, you just did. And he just like, it was like, yeah, I don't know. It was like when you a show, like there's always people that aren't here for the right reason. Or Mm -hmm. people do go, I don't, you know, like they don't know if they're going to connect with Katie or not, or who the bachelorette's going to be sometimes. So like, I don't know, like this idea, or I even felt like her response that like, this was my biggest fear. I was like, did you think you could avoid that? Because like, I think that it's naive to think that you wouldn't have this come up. I don't know. Yeah. And he's just like a little kid that like, when they lie, like if you just keep asking them questions instead of just fessing up, like they just keep lying a little bit more. And then it's like, Oh, so you, the window got broken when there was an earthquake and then a shark came and then he threw a ball at a bear and then it hit the window. And it's like, yeah, he just, my three-year-old is hard. Like she is into that lie. Yeah. Like this line thing right now. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah. He needs to go, but yes, obviously I don't think he does for a while. Yeah, that's the thing with me is that I really like the drama. So I want him to stay. Mm. And I like when there's one villain and everyone gets mad. And that's because I'm pretty low drama in my life. But I like to watch it from the side. I'm a real voyeur when it comes to drama. Like I like to sit over (laughs) in the corner and be like, yeah, get mad at him. Yell at him. Next time Uh, we're meeting together, I'll just stir it up just for just for Bill's enjoyment. We should start like just seeding lies in committees that we're in just oh, to like yeah. get people to like go after each other just for my entertainment. 
I don't care about yours. I heard that Bill likes pizza ranch. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, He's going to so, barf. He's going to barf. The ranch. So Charcy's been in a car with me and heard me go off. Yeah. On, yeah. That was unfortunate. I hate it so much. Um, they will never sponsor this show. Uh, you would not accept it, even if it was like $1. no. Yeah, no. I'd take that offer to Casey's and be like, "Hey, I want some of your gas station pizza." It's good. We got some in the fridge right now. Yeah. Oh, sounds so good. Okay. Uh, we're off topic. Spin it back on. So this is why it's so much more fun to be in Danielle's position when you're not the person like going, walking us through because you can, our, our whole goal when the other one is doing is it's just get off topic. And um, so statement, one takeaway statement from the episode, we used to do like sum it up, but I think we should do one takeaway lesson in a statement. You get one statement. What's your takeaway from this episode? It can be about the bachelor, about life. Something oh put on a mug. Go for it, Charcy. You know, I think I'm going to have to go with, like, if a man is shadow boxing, you need to leave him. I like it. It's good. I think that mine is, if you're going to dish out some criticism, get specific. It's how to give good feedback, folks. Yep. I agree. Uh, mine would be what worked for one person might not work for you. I don't, I don't think Carl thought that whole, like he didn't game that out where he's like, instead of taking one guy down, I'm going to take 10 guys down. And yeah. So, all right, that's it. Charcy, what do you got? Shout outs. Thanks so much for coming. We appreciate it. Who do you want to shout out to? Um, I'm going to shout out myself. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Charcy Peterson. I have some fire memes that I share in my story and um shout out no coast jujitsu and urban <laughs> i mean how long can i go on shout out to my dog lucy she's always there for me i do love lucy shout- Lucy has an adorable underbite right yeah she's like this she looks like this is she's oh. so cute yeah oh she is cute she's my everything shout out to mountain dew uh we hope you can be a sponsor soon and that's all i got all right well we did it. it we'll see y'all we next it, week Joe. Thank you. Any last words of wisdom, Charcy? Do you have anything really funny to leave us with? Well, that's too much pressure. All right. I love it. I can't. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at bachadamia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.